What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, April 21st, 2014, and you guys are listening to episode 156. How are you? Hope you had a good week. Happy belated Easter to everybody. I hope you guys had a uh, great day with your family, ate, had a good time. If you had kids, it's always fun with the Easter egg hunt and the amount of candy. Unless you're a candy junkie like myself and you eat their candy. I'm literally eating Skittles and, um, you know, some of you listeners know I'm addicted to candy. I love the jelly beans and stuff and now they're making these, oh my God, these sour coated jelly beans, which I just can't stop stealing from my two-year-old daughter. She'll be two this month, and my son, I I can't stop, but hope you guys had a great week. Got a great show for you guys today. Um, As I do every week, I am delivering you guys um, the best of what is the best of what I could give you. That's all. What can I say? But I'll tell you one thing, everybody. It's working. It's working because... And I was going to do this at the end of the show, but uh, we'll, we'll do it right now. I um, I was looking at the numbers, and the Verzi Effect podcast has jumped in the last, I want to say, nine weeks, eight, nine weeks. The Verzi Effect podcast has jumped over 2,000 listeners, and, uh, and it was already doing pretty well. So uh, the show is definitely growing. And I want to thank all of the new people and, of course, all the loyal people who are there with me every week enjoying uh, enjoying the podcast, enjoying the show and the crazy, sometimes stupid, sometimes funny shit that comes out of my mouth. Uh, I really do appreciate it. I also noticed there were 13 more comments on uh, iTunes and reviews, and uh, they were all good. So thank you very much. And... Um, you know, tell your friends and keep putting the word out that the Verzi Effect podcast is funny, that you guys enjoy it, and, you know, just have your people, your friends, or whoever, uh, just give it a chance or a listen, and um, hopefully I can keep them aboard, but uh, we're doing really well, and I appreciate it, and, you know, I'm getting messages from people all over the country um, quoting certain things I say that I don't even remember fucking saying, and I have a great time um, looking at everybody, uh, looking at everybody's comments, who um, just like what I'm doing. So thank you guys again, and uh, please keep that coming. I really do appreciate it. Okay, now uh, a lot of stuff happened this week, so I got some really cool stuff, and um, it's uh, cool. You know, I guess you could say good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll get right into it. First of all, this week, uh, performing-wise, I was back home finally after all of the traveling uh, out west and then coming right back and doing West Nyack at Levity. Finally back in my home city and, and my home club. I was at the stand on Thursday, Friday. Uh, then I was over at the club that they just picked up in Queens, um, on, I'm sorry, so yeah, Thursday and Friday I was over at the stand, and this fucking cat, every time I do the show, hold on a second, come on, what are you doing, get down, go, fucking go, look for a bug or something, I swear to God, you know, I love my cats, we got two cats, and they're gigantic, they're almost like 20 pounders, they were running around outside, they're only indoor cats, they really have never, in like eight years, they've never been outside, and now that we have the new house up here, 
up in the you know in the woods up in the country we have all this open land and stuff and so they kind of like stay around our house and they walk around and they know it's weird they don't run into the street we're kind of off the street but they don't run and they just hang around and my neighbor was like that is the biggest fucking cat i've ever seen one of my cats we got two of them stanley and thomas are my cats and i swear to god thomas looks you would you 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 look at him and you're like there's no way that's a domestic cat like he literally like stanley's big too but Thomas is coloring and everything. It looks like we really have like a baby fucking jaguar walking around here. It's it's he like lifting. I'm like, you need like two hands. Like if you do it with one hand, he just he can't even have balance. It's insane. But I'm doing the fucking podcast and you just hear him like jumping and purring and doing all kinds of shit. And it's like they would they should know by now that when when Daddy is sitting down at the office doing something, you know, it's they got food and shit. But anyway. Um, so, um, what the fuck was I saying? They took me out of what I was saying. Um, oh, so yeah, the stand, I was at the stand and I was there on Thursday. Really cool. Friday, something really cool happened and I'll, uh, I'll explain it. Um, something just, it's more for, for young comedians and, and people, um, I guess comedy nerds, but something really cool happened at the stand on Friday. I'll get into that. And then Saturday I was at the Laughing Devil. Now the Laughing Devil is a shithole of a comedy club. Okay. It is like a fifty seater that the people who own the stand, my guys who own the stand, decided to take this over. But they haven't done what they want to do. They want to knock down walls and make it nice. But I'm not gonna lie and I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Some people may hear this and get upset with me saying it. Right now it's a shithole. That's what it is. It's a shitty fucking dive comedy club in Queens, and they're trying to turn it around, and they were sending some of their comics over there, um, you know, because they're going to, like I said, they're going to be knocking walls down, they're going to be doing stuff, but I was there on Saturday, and, uh, you know, it. Uh, no wonder why they have devil, I, I said, like, it's called the Laughing Devil, and they have painted devils on the wall, and it's this little thing, and I said, it's kind of fitting that they have devils on the wall, because I feel like I'm in fucking hell right now, in this shithole, I felt like that's where comedians get, you know, go when they get punished, and they have to do a set, um, but the people who came out to that on Saturday night were great. A uh, very light crowd on the first show. Second show was was better, and there was a loud, um, there was a loud, fat, annoying, just fucking annoying bitch who who deserved to be fat. And I'm I'm gonna tell you something. There's gonna be a couple of rants on this podcast, okay? So if you guys like when I get a little angry and upset. You're going to get two of them on this one, okay? And um, and it's just how I feel. But I'm going to get into that later. I'm in a good mood now. Let me continue the good mood with the show. Okay, we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Um, but the stand, always awesome to go to the stand. Get, you know, new Twitter followers, new fans. And, you know, I've literally been, like, recognized out in other states from the stand. Because it is truly one of the best comedy clubs as far as showcase clubs. And for the people that don't know the difference, a showcase club versus a headline club is like a headline club is where it's pretty much like somebody who's in a show or in movies or like just a big, big time comedian who just is there that night with like one or two of the openers. Um, so that's what that is. A showcase club, you know, like the comedy seller. Um, you know, now the stand, um, the comic strips, stand up New York rooms like that. Those are just like 
Friday night a host and then they bring up like five or six comedians you know really good comedians in the country that are home in the city or from the city and they put them up on the lineups and it's just a great show that's like a showcase room and that's what the comedy cellar which is a great club and the and the stand do and um you know it's so cool to be in the biggest and best city doing comedy and that's what new york city is and and able to you know just get in front of all those people when i'm when i'm home in local and and the crowds were so fucking cool so good this weekend um especially that second show on friday night was amazing but um you know so thank you to everybody who jumped on the um you know, on my on my Twitter and my and my Facebook off of off of this weekend, it was it was insane and such a good time. Place is packed out. Um, I had people that I went to. I actually had people that I knew when I was in elementary school and middle school um, come out. And unfortunately, I was over in Queens at their like I guess their new club that they bought, the Laughing Devil, um, to try to see what was going on over there on Saturday. So I missed some people that I knew, but I was there on Friday and. Really cool stuff. So, I uh, had an interesting weekend, and uh, I'll tell you guys. Uh, you know, I'll tell you guys this really cool story that happened to me. Um, it, it was something that um, you know. I get. I don't know if it happens all the time. I, it it was just something really cool. I obviously I can't mention any names, but I just want to do this because I was talking to uh, some younger comedians this week about about exactly this stuff and we're talking about open mics and i've been very honest about how i feel about open mics in new york city they're not like open mics um in other states that actually have real open mics where you know new york city is a great comedy town it's one of the best and it'll make you probably is the best as far as making you a stronger comedian but when you're really new it's probably it's really hard to get like you could get stage time but sometimes those open mics are kind of shitty and you're just doing it in front of comedians and i've talked about how that wasn't really beneficial to somebody like me my personality because, you know, that that's just not... I mean, it does feel good to get reps in and get on stage and be in it. But as far as testing a joke, I don't know if the New York Comedy Club open mic scene is, is a place where you should go do a joke. And then if the joke doesn't work in front of 14 comedians with notebooks, you scratch the joke. I don't think that makes any sense. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I was sitting down. I was talking to comedians and, and certain things happened. And um, so this is what happened. And again, I can't I can't mention any names, but it was a really cool story and something that I would probably, if I was writing down in my journal, or you know, I, I used to write down like I never had a journal or a diary or anything like that. But then when I when I started comedy, I remember in 2003, I was like, well, let me just start doing this, and and I've read some of the entries online to you guys. So now basically the Verzi effect is basically the journal or the diary. I'm just putting it out there, you know, for people. So what happens is, um, I'll get right to it, a big-time famous comedian, very, very famous comedian is comes to the stamp. A lot of people, and here's the thing, like, I'm not even giving it away because so many famous comedians, you know, pop in to the stand. I mean, Damon Waynes was there the other night, Marlon Waynes is there, Tracy Morgan pops in, David Tell pops in, Louis C.K. pops in, you know, when Bill Burr's in town, he pops in. Like, you name a big-time comedian, when they're in New York City for a few days, they pop into the stand. So anyway, a big, big-time comedian at that caliber that I just mentioned comes into the stand, and I'm on stage, and luckily, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm not trying to be a dick, I'm killing and this dude is standing right there, and I see him, and I'm like, holy shit, I grew up watching this dude on TV, he's a big time fucking star, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, 
mean, and 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 it happens, you know, it happens more and more with, with you know performing in front of big people. And this dude is standing right there, and I see his, sh- his shirt, and I, he's looking, and I'm killing, and I'm like, this is fucking awesome, you know. Like I don't care what what's gonna happen. I mean, it's not like they're gonna do anything. But just the fact that, you know, because when you're a young comedian and you're coming up, you're always like, man, I wonder what it would be like if, you know, that dude was just standing right there. And, and it, you know, happens a lot in the city. So um, I get off stage and the people running the stand were like, hey, man, next time you go, I was hosting. And they were like, all right, next time, you know, um, so-and-so is here and they're going to they're gonna want to go on stage. So uh, bring them up next. And then what happened was his car, his car, well, now you guys know it's a he, but his car was out there, and I guess apparently he might have been getting a ticket or whatever. So they were like, oh, so-and-so's not going to go on right now. He's got to work this out. There were cops outside. It's a ridiculous ride he's got. I don't even want to give the ride away because it might say who it was or whatever. But any, well, not that you guys know what fucking car this comedian drives. But um, so... I go back on stage and I'm supposed to bring another comedian up because of this car situation and this uh, comic getting a ticket. So I'm like, fuck it. Before I bring this other comedian up, let me do a couple of bits. Places packed. You know, I'm having fun. And I go into a couple of other bits. And again, not to sound douchey, not to sound like a dick because this doesn't always happen. Um, you know, sometimes you try new stuff or whatever and it doesn't, you know, always murder. But these two bits that I was doing were, were doing insanely well. And I look and this dude is there again. So apparently he figured out the car situation with the cop and he, he comes down and he's watching me again and he's watching me kill. And I'm just standing there and I'm, I'm like doing my thing and I'm having fun. And then the floor manager there, the person seating people in the showroom, hands me a card. And the card says, bring up the dude now. So now I'm not going to bring up the, the the other comic. I'm actually going to bring up this, you know, huge comedian, celebrity star, whatever you want to call him. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I look at the crowd and I told the crowd, I said, you know, do you guys remember... Do you guys remember when I said the stand is the best club in New York City when I first started the show? I said, well, uh, I say that for reasons like this, because the biggest and best names in comedy come here, and uh, that's exactly what's happening right now. So without introduction, ladies and gentlemen, and I say the dude's name, and the fucking place goes bananas. And the stand is this tiny little low-ceiling 90-seater really intimate, seeing some great comedy, and it's just this sick place, and the place is going nuts, and I'm watching for a little while, and then I'm like, you know, whatever, and, you know, the dude's doing all right, you know, uh, getting laughs, and, um, but something happened in the, in the middle of this that I left out, so I'm, I'll, I'll tell you now, when I say, and I'm going to tell you exactly, like, I'm not lying. This is, I'm giving this, like, that's what I want my podcast to be. And that's what the Verzi Effect podcast is supposed to be. You know, it's not always going to be, you know, hilarious. It's not always going to be, you know, the same. It's it's going to be, you know, you're going to get great stories. And I'm going to give you the real stuff of what's going on during the week. Otherwise, why would I do it and why would you tune in? You know, I mean, there's only so much you could listen to me, you know, talk about some bitch I hate on an airplane. Although I'm sure, hopefully that rant was funny. I actually called 
French people cunts on stage after that happened to a French guy. But I'll go into that. That was at, that was actually at um I was at Stand Up New York. I think right after that podcast I did a show and I said, Are there any French people here? And this guy put his hand up and I said I was on a plane with this French cunt and the place laughed and he was there and I go, Fuck, you know, fuck him, you know, there's only one of him and like what's he gonna you know, whatever. But anyway, so um so here's what happens. When I said, ladies and gentlemen, remember I told you this is the best club in New York for reasons like this because these big comics come in. This is what's happening now without introduction, so-and-so. So he walks to the stage, and he had just saw me do well, and he kind of gives me a pound and kind of a hug, and then he whispers in my ear, and I'm not just saying this. This guy, and, and I don't think this. I mean, this is over the top. But this guy goes, dude, you're the funniest motherfucker. I want to talk to you after this. And I was just like... I was, I'm not going to lie, I was, I, I'm never, I mean, I'm around, you're around big time comedians all the time, but what I was taken back from was like, I mean, this is a super, super famous star comedian, and saying that to me was, was pretty cool, I'm not going to lie, I was just like, wow, like for anything else, just to be kind of recognized by a guy that has done so much in the business, it, it meant a lot, so I'm sitting there, and I'm just kind of like, wow, you know, this guy wants to talk to me, and, um, you know, um, he does this show, and he goes outside, and there's a bunch of comedians outside, and he's going to his uh, insane car that's parked in front of the club, and he's saying goodbye to people, and then he points at me, and he goes, listen, we're going to talk, and he goes, a matter of fact, come here, and I start walking over, and he goes, get in the car, and now I'm just like, what? Like, this is pretty nuts, so I end, I'm sitting in this dude's car, and it's an insane car. And uh, had a conversation in the uh, in the car. I'm not going to talk about, but you know, it was basically just along the lines of a dude thinking you're funny and talking about some stuff. And then, um, you know, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, when it was all over, it was cool. But at the end of the day, I knew that it doesn't matter who says anything to you, how funny you are in front of anybody. At the end of the day, you just got to continue doing what you're doing and do it for you. And that's kind of what I got from the whole thing. So although it's it was really cool and, and all that stuff, and it's one of those things where I don't even want to kind of, I don't want to say like not stay in touch or anything like that because the dude was like really like, hey man, you know, let's talk and, and all kinds of stuff like that. But I just realized you know, I, at the end of the fucking day, the only reason why that happened, I guess what I'm trying to say is the only reason why that happened and the only reason why you would get recognized by somebody who's at that level in this business is because you just worked hard and kept going and kept going and kept going. And I ran into a couple of people, I ran into a couple of young comics last night. I ran into a couple of young comics over at the stand. And I was talking to him, and it's the advice that I've always given young comedians. And who the fuck am I to give advice? I'm still coming up myself, man. I still have a lot of work to do myself, you know. Whether you get better and funnier, it doesn't matter. You gotta fuck, I mean, you know, to be a master, to be great, you gotta just put in so much time and work. So I never want to give advice as if I know and have all the answers. But the things that I do say to younger comedians, and if you're new to the podcast, and if you heard about the podcast, especially... I know that there were a bunch of comedians over in Canada after I did the tour with Burr. The two things that can't be disputed, and I've always said it, is is writing and getting on stage. 
That's it. If anybody else tells you anything different, fuck them. Who are they? It doesn't make any sense to because there's no shortcuts. So the only advice that really sticks in this business in stand-up comedy to become good at this, to become great at this, to ultimately, you know, is is to get on stage as much as you possibly can and write new jokes as much as you possibly can and not being afraid to try the new jokes and not being afraid to bomb. And if you do that, you become good and then you become great and then you become a master and that's that's the goal. And like, you know, the only reason why a guy who is a huge famous star in comedy, you know, saw me and said something was because he saw me doing really well multiple times right before I brought him on stage and that and that is only because you know, it's only because you just work hard and, and you do it. And, and it was it was really cool. But after it happened, I realized that, like, it really is, is just about me. You know, it's not about, oh, man, so-and-so liked me and thought it. That's cool. But it's really about what I did. And uh, and I, I don't know how that comes across. I'm not trying to come across. I'm trying to say that... Um, you'll get flattering things in this business and, and things will be really good and you take it and it makes you strong and it makes you feel good about what you're doing. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, man, that's great. But like, what, what's the, I just got to keep going. And because at the, those dudes got the money, those dudes have got these insane fucking cars, Maseratis, Ferraris, Porsches sitting outside of comedy clubs. They have their millions and you know, I'm, I'm coming up and I'm trying to I'm doing all right, man. You know, 2012 Nissan Maxima, fucking 300 horsepower. You know, get off my back. But I'm saying I'm I'm not at that, you know. So it's easy for them to be like, oh, that's great. Yeah, come and talk to me. But at the end of the day, it's like, all right, man, that's great. Thank you. I am doing must be doing something right, but I just need to, you know, to keep going. But it was a really cool thing to happen. And um, the reason why I brought this up is because... When I was like three or four years into comedy, I would perform at, um, like on Sunday nights, uh, talent, this very, very funny comedian talent. He would run a show at the Boston Comedy Club in New York City. It was called the Boston Comedy Club, and it was um, in the village in New York City, and it was a big urban night on Sundays, and it was really intimidating and nuts. It was like fucking eight mile. It was literally like eight mile performing, um, and, you know, they would a few white comics to do it and everybody wanted to do it and he put me on one night and you would see some comics you knew in the back but I, I always remembered being like wow man I wonder if um what I would be thinking or feeling right now if if you know Chris Rock was up there or you know sitting on the back or watching this or you know going on stage right after me or, you know shit like that and um you know to find to get to a point where when that does happen you're you know you kind of is the best case scenario was pretty cool. So um, I also say this because I know a lot of young comedians listen to the show and always tell me that they listen and that they love the advice that I give to young comedians. And the only thing I'll say is fuck everybody else. Fuck who's in the room. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if a big executive is in the room. It doesn't matter if a big star celebrity comedian. It doesn't matter if somebody who pulls the triggers on sitcoms is in the room. Get that out of your head and do what you do because at the end of the day, they're not doing it. You are. You're on the stage at that moment. And if they're a huge stand-up comedian star, they've already been in that moment and obviously succeeded. And and you're on your way up. So just do you know what they did or try to even be better than them. Um, so that's kind of like my little journal entry into this. Really cool to have a big star come up to me, say what he said when I brought him on stage, and then 
talk to me about some things and uh it was it was pretty cool and it only happened because i were i'm working really hard so i'll just leave it at that i hope you guys enjoyed that um you know and i'm sorry you know i don't want to mention any names i don't want to say anything because you know whatever but it was uh, pretty sick and then after that the night after that if this isn't hilarious the night after that i go to the laughing fucking devil in queens which is like 25 people on the right side of you, 25 people on the left side, and like one row in the front. It's like a fucking roach motel comedy. It was like, I can't even fucking believe how shitty it was. And um, and they're like, no, we're going to turn it around. And, and I did have fun, but here's something that happened. Now, this is part of the unacceptable. But me and the comedians who were with, the place is so small, you're just sitting on top of the comedians that you're sitting with. And... Um, you're uh, waiting to go on stage and just one little door and you walk into this fucking motel room and the show starts and all of a sudden there's a bar next door and this fucking mess of a female comes out and she was a wreck. She had this big, huge blonde hair like blown out like it was like 1989. She was wearing like black velvet shoes with like diamond or like uh, glitter eyes like cat heads on them she was loud she's like oh my god i know we're late we're late but we're next door we're next door we're, when are you guys starting she actually said to the club and this is when i just said i said it out loud too in front of people she's like oh are you guys starting all right did you start like five minutes ago okay oh no it's her fault it's my girlfriend's fault and she just starts talking and right when she walks into the room i just look around i just looked at the bartender and i go oh she's gonna be a fucking nightmare and the comics were just smiling and laughing and i'm waiting and sure enough First comedian goes on. She's talking. Oh, hey. No. you And like the comic it like mentioned that the room was light. No, it's okay. And I'm just going. I'm just thinking. I'm going. Oh, my God. Should I bury this fat fuck or not? You know, should I just go right into this fuck? Just go right to her soul. Just get to her insecurity and just make her shut up. I'm just thinking, what am I going to do? So then this um, a female comic goes before me and actually said... She was actually awesome. She goes, she goes. why are you talking? Why do you keep talking? And then finally she goes, honey, you need to just stop talking. Like she kind of addressed it and kind of kept her band. She was the first one to do it. And there was actually a couple of dudes before her. And she was like the first one to kind of say something. And then I go on stage and I just start like kind of trashing her. I was just like... I just was like saying things to her. I was calling her annoying. I was calling her a mess. And I kept saying like I was talking to I do a bit on like different pe- different drunk people or like like how they're how like as the night progresses certain drunks like each group of friends has a different drinker in it and the character will you know just progressively gr- like come into character as the night goes on. And then I just was shit on her. I was like so like her like you know with her you have the real fucking annoying person that nobody likes. You know, that just won't shut up. And then, her, like, some dude she was messing with, this this wreck kid who um, had an accent. He was from Minnesota. He was real drunk, and he tried talking in. And I was just shitting on him, like, just making fun of him. And he said Minnesota, and I just started making fun of Minnesota. And then he got mad and was, like, staring at me. And while he was staring at me, I just kept, you know, I just kept, you know, just going at him. Just being like, these guys, they're fucking awful. And then there was a black couple in front of him who wanted to hit him. And I went right for that. I was like, look at this black couple here. 
just thinking, I swear to God, if they say one more thing, I was like, this is literally like, I was like, here's the conversation this black guy is having with his girl. Like, yo, I swear to God, one more time, I'm going to fucking get up and knock this guy out. And when I said that, the black couple was like crying of laughter and nodding their heads, just saying that's exactly what he was saying. And then that kind of made him shut up. But then this chick, and she was just a, here's what she was. She was somebody that like, I don't know deep down inside but like my my intuition of what she was was somebody who was um she was fat loud and annoying but i think it was because she was incredibly insecure with who she was and what she was so she just kind of used or, or or she was just a fat cunt who needed to be heard either way it wasn't going to ruin the show and i told the crowd i go i got this don't even worry like as i was shitting on her i was like comforting the crowd it was really cool actually and then she does the unacceptable. I got a two-part unacceptable for today. Okay, there's two parts. Both involve women. Um, <laughs> but here's what happened. She turns around, and while I'm on stage and I'm doing well, and I just settled this the room down a little bit because of her actions, because she made people not have a good time, and you could hear, you know, it wasn't. It's not a big room, so you know the people you were getting upset. And I start to have a good time with them. And then this chick just starts making out. Like her and this dude from Minnesota just start making out. And it was like gross and silly and ridiculous all at the same time. I didn't even know what to think. And part of me was just like, I thought later, I was like, you know what I should have said? And it's always hindsight's twenty twenty. But I should have been like, listen, dude, you can't, you can't close the deal. With this fucking fat animal you're you're making out with right now. Get this animal the fuck out of here. And go close the deal already. Okay, look at her. She's like a fucking, you know. She's just sitting there like a, just, just go take care of it, you know. And, you know, I just do my thing. And, like, here's the annoying thing. Like, when I would get a big laugh, they would, like, stop and laugh. It was just, ugh, unacceptable. I just really, really wanted... What I really wanted to do, but the, the the crowd was already, it was a really small room and, you know, my guys are really trying to change the room around and make it better, but I should, I wanted to just stop the room and just make them walk out and leave, you know, just make them walk out and, and just say something, but making out and doing anything physical like that in a club is just so ridiculously unacceptable and awful that I don't even know what to say unacceptable on many levels one unacceptable because you're at a show and there's a performer on stage two it's unacceptable because you're a fat fucking pig and i have to see you getting intimate okay you look like a fucking look like they put a blonde wig on a wild boar minus the fucking hooks or, or hoofs or whatever the fuck it's got okay and i gotta see you just sit there you know, because it was like towards the end of my show, it was just a really weird, awful situation. And the people to the right of the stage were awesome. The people around them were awesome. The two people that they were with were mortified and kept their mouths shut and knew it was going to be an absolute fucking nightmare just sitting there. And it was. It was a nightmare when she walked in the club. It was a nightmare when she sat there. It was a nightmare when she left. You know, she was the type that just, I, like, the only thing that would have stopped her just from being that that fucking overbearing lout was, like, if she just got clipped by a taxi cab 
and just was sitting curbside hysterical crying and like people trying to help her out. Like that's that that was the only thing that gave me pleasure. I was like, dude, if she just like I don't want her to die, but if she got clipped, you know, just off coming. Yeah, we're late because of this. Like one comic was like, Man, you guys you guys are a light crowd and you guys are tight or something and like she would just go, Oh, it's okay. I'm here for you like patronizing and fat and just loud and just awful appearance. I mean, I swear it was the fuck oh my god, it was the perfect storm of shit. It was like everything it was like you remember that scene in uh in Naked Gun when OJ Simpson you know, he stepped on a bear trap. His like his sleeve got paint on it. His you know the 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 window slammed on his fingers. He just his face went in a cake. That like all bad. That's what this woman was in a comedy club. In a nutshell, that's what she was. She was a a mess. And again, the club is like totally in transition. This is just something where they were sending some of their comics out there, you know, because they're letting people in the neighborhood know that the club is going to be changing and that they're going to be making a different showroom and come out. It's under new management. Come and check the comedians that the new management has and all that. So I get that. But like eventually, like clubs need to making out in a comedy club. There should be a sign on the door. Saying, please, like, if you're not here to watch the show, like, hugging, kissing, groping, and all that during the show is unacceptable, especially if you're a fat wreck who's going to be loud and drunk. It's unacceptable. Okay? And this isn't even unacceptable for the week. All right? But, and I got to tell you something, ladies, and I'm not trying to be a dick, but more and more, it's you. It's fucking you. Okay? It really is. It really is. Women suck in, in situations drunk in a club. It's always women. Go online right now and you type in comedian heckled at club. You tell me if not 90% of the voices you hear from the audience are female. It's all fucking women because women who are insecure and drunk need to be heard and they don't know how to shut the fuck up. And the coolest thing is the women that recognize those women and they hate those women and they're the ones telling the woman to shut up and they can't handle it. Those are the audience members you want. Not the ones who come in, they're like, oh my God, where are we sitting? Where are we sitting? It makes you want to throw a glass in their fucking ear. It's, it's just unacceptable. And the fact that this drunk, well, this drunk mess from Minnesota, he didn't know what he was doing. I mean, this guy's got to fly back to Minnesota. He's already got enough shit going. He's already fucked. He's got to go back to Minnesota. You know, it's probably freezing there till August. And then he's got like a month of warmth and it's another, it's all shitty and far. No offense. I mean, by the way, I loved Minnesota. I'm not going to lie. Minnesota was some of the best comedy crowds, but like, I'm talking about like, you know, this dude had like an accent. This dude looked like, I mean, I don't know what, you know, this dude was fucked up. So maybe he's just like, you know, I'll, you know, I'll screw this fat pig tonight and then I'll just laugh it off tomorrow because I'm hammered and I'll think about what the comedian said and the comedian was probably right. But this chick was a fat mess. An absolute mess. And just so disrespectful. I'm going to keep going with it, guys. I'm going to keep going with it because, you know, I the more people that know, Oh, by the way, I think Kevin Bush, if you're listening to this, Kevin Bush gave an unacceptable, and it was probably one of the greats. 
He's unacceptable was he went to the dentist and the dentist's fingernails were dirty. And I said I would mention it. That is a great, great fucking unacceptable. So thank you, Kevin. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. But, I mean, a dentist with dirty fingernails, you got to call him out, though. I know you didn't want to call him out. I know you're not a confrontational. But, like, if a dude's putting his fingers in my mouth and I see some fucking dirt under there, man, like, I mean, I freak out if my kids puke on me. Shit doesn't bother me. Puke is the one. But, I mean, I freak out if, if my kids, you know, spit up on me or whatever. Like, a strange man, you know. And he probably jerked off with the hand that was dirty. So, now you got, like, dick skin and dirty fingernails. I mean, yeah, he may wash his hands in front of you or have gloves on. But, like, it's still, like, all part of it, you know. But I guess that now that I think about it, that kind of goes for any dentist, like, that's a male. You know, I got this thing where I, I got this thing where... I know this sounds really weird, but I don't like to touch my dick. <laughs> what a weird segue. I don't like to touch my dick after I shook a lot of hands. Like, I can't, sh- like, shaking hands with somebody, if I forget, I freak out. So, like, let's just say, let's say that I wash my hands and everything is good and I go to dinner and I wash my hands. And somebody comes up to the table and it's a friend I haven't seen in a while. Hey, what's going on? Oh, yeah, yeah, so-and-so. Yeah, have a drink, whatever. We're sitting there. Now, I just shook that guy's hand, but we're having a couple of drinks. Now, two hours goes by, and now I go into the bathroom to take a piss. I freak out if I just go and don't wash my hand first because I just shook it. So now I feel like that dude's hand and my hand touched, and now my hand's on my dick. So, like, part of that guy's hand or skin or whatever, sweat or whatever, is now on my dick. And I can't have that. So if if I do start pissing and I've already touched my dick after I shook that guy's hand, I will stop pissing or I'll finish pissing, I should say. Go to the sink. I will wet my hands in soap and I'll go like hide. Like I'll go into the stall and I'll just really rub wherever my fingers on my dick were. Rub it with soap and wash it off. And then, you know, and then I'll wash my hands again and leave. So I got this thing where if I shake a lot of hands, I got to wash my hands right away before I take a piss. But now that I think about it, man, like what dudes do with their hands is nasty. But then again, I guess you could look at it like women jerk dudes off and then you shake their hand and then, you know what I mean? So now that I think about it, I think the only hands that you feel, I guess would feel like, all right, I guess shaking would be lesbians. Wow. We just figured that out together. (laughs) I just figured that out together. But thank you, Kevin. The fingernails, dirty fingernails for a dentist, absolutely unacceptable. Along with fat, drunk messes making out with their boyfriend in the comedy club, distracting people. So here's what she did. She was annoying. and This is how selfish this, is how selfish this pig was. Because she was, you know, and, and, and she really was like a pig, all for herself. It was all about her. She was so selfish that she needed to make her stupid sound effects when she was listening. She needed to be over the top when she liked something. She needed to be like overly helpful if the comic was uncomfortable with something. She needed to always be about her. And then the only time she shut up was when she shoved her fat pig mouth in some asshole's face for a while. And that's it. It was all about her. And, and those people suck. 
It's just the absolute worst and it's unacceptable. Boom, now it's time for unacceptable for the week. How do you like that? How do you like that? I'm giving, I'm giving you guys back-to-back ones right now. Okay? Um... I have to remember too. I have to say, I have to plug. This is, I am remembering. This is like a podcast where if you listen and I told you I was going to plug something and I didn't or whatever, I'm going to do it now or try to make up for it. But I want to say real quick, and I know this is a, a, a terrible segue, but I just remembered it and I want to do the right thing. There in Portland, I was in Portland, Oregon, and Portland is very big with the, the with the food trucks. Like there's amazing, like gourmet, like restaurant type quality shit, but in food trucks, and you go up and you order, I'm sure you see them on the Food Network, the Italian market food truck, it's called the Italian market food truck, the people that run that truck were so gracious, nice, and amazing audience members at Helium in Portland, they offered us to come down and hook us up with sandwiches or whatever, they were amazing, um, sweethearts of people, just awesome, and they came down, and they loved the show, and they got a poster, and I said, listen, I will let everybody, you know, on my podcast was from that area, and um, the cool thing was the Portland uh, show we did, um, normally the club is closed on Mondays, and our tour opened it up, and it was a great crowd, and it was really true fans, so if you're out there, and you're a fan, and you go to those food trucks out there, please check them out, um, and, and go to the Italian market, uh, food truck out there. They are, you know, great people. Um, I want to say the dude's name is Justin, but I, I might be wrong about that. So, um, just check out the Italian market, but they have like gourmet, amazing Italian food, sandwiches, all kinds of shit like that. So check that out. Um, I just wanted to, to, to make sure that I plugged that and I didn't forget. Uh, okay. Now, um, unacceptable for the week, everybody happened in a target. Another woman. Another woman. I don't know what it is. I think when it just comes down to it, like dudes that are dicks, I think all the dudes that are dicks are just in jail because they go so big over the top that that, that's what it has to be. You know? They just, that's what it is, I think. They just go so big over the top. And they just go to jail and, you know, and if they are at a club, they'll either shoot somebody at it or like, you know, just sit there with like those, the arms crossed. Like men don't get crazy like that. Like, like some do. I mean, I did, don't get me wrong. I had, I had an experience in South Carolina with a dude who just wouldn't shut up, um, you know, and he was clearly drunk and blacking out. So you do get that. But for the most part, A dude will just say, I feel like when a dude goes, he goes like malicious and it'll be a fight or say something. I don't think, but like, or whatever. I don't, I'm not sitting here trying to trash women. You know, you guys who are fans, I love you guys. But that that shit, that whole making out and like, oh my God, did he just, it's, it's, they need to be leveled. Uh, Unacceptable for the week happened in a Target. I was walking with my kids and my kids were in the cart. My daughter was in the car, uh, sitting, like my daughter was sitting where, you know, they put the right up front with, by the handle with her two legs through the thing sitting there. And my son was in the big part and we were walking over to my wife. My wife was ahead looking in another aisle and I'm walking and then I have this thing where I'm about to turn into an aisle and then a woman without children start turning into the aisle and I stopped and waited because we had that annoying little like, no, you go, no, you go. And she just looked at me 
and just cut me and my kids off and didn't even really like stop. She kind of just did like, ugh, I'm annoyed with this guy and his kids and walked past me and just went down the aisle. And I didn't even go down the aisle. I went down the next aisle. And I swear to God, I wanted... If I could have taken like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle off the shelf that my son was looking at, just grabbed like Raphael by his legs and just fucking beat this woman in the head with it, I would have I would have loved to do that, but I want to see my kids and it's really not worth it. I know that. And uh, I'm not a psychopath, but it was so rude because like she clearly saw that I had children. She clearly knew that I had the rougher of the situation. But Lord knows this bitch needs to get ahead of me by five, two seconds just to go and gives a dirty look. You know, today when I was driving my son back to um, daycare, I mean, yeah, I brought my son to daycare and there was a woman and she held the door and oh, no, no, no problem. You go. And I go, no, you could go. No, 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 you go. That's what people do. That's what real human beings do. That's who you want to sit down with and have a fucking coffee with or a drink or you and your wife should be friends with people like that. Not some chick. Okay. Now, first of all, it's unacceptable. Also, what are you rushing to? What are you rushing to get in Target? Those cheap shoes. And she had that face like she was a cheap bitch. You know, what are you going to go get? Some cheap fucking shoes and socks? Huh? You fucking cheapskate. First of all, you're a grown woman without kids in Target. Grow up and go fucking buy a pair of shoes. Okay? I'm at Target. You know why I'm at Target? I'm at Target because my son wants a fucking either a DVD or a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or Hot Wheels. Or we have to go. We have like one of those super Targets. So, so I'm like, this chick is like going to the clothing section where we were. And you're you're that much. You're gonna give a you're gonna give a dirty look to a to a dude who's got a two year a two year old baby girl and a, and a, almost a two and a five year old who are both in the cart. Really unacceptable. I should have just went. I should have just made a go. I swear to God, man, these unacceptables are making me really like understand who are good people and who are not. It's actually helpful to me. Unacceptable. Going to buy her cheap ass shoes or fucking dog food or whatever she was getting. It's ridiculous. You go and you see, today I was in, um, I went to Nissan because that's a whole other story. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, this one's going to run long. So um, I hope you're enjoying it. If you're not, if it just sounds like I'm bitching, I'm sorry. But um, by the way, uh, if you just, uh, yeah, 156. I almost just said if you just tuned in like it's a live radio show. Uh, this is episode 156. You guys listen to the Verzi Effect with me, your host, Paul Verzi. We're talking about a lot of things this week. We got some comedy. We got some annoying audience members. We got an awful bitch in Target. I got a bunch of other things to talk about. Um, we'll talk a little sports. I got a couple things I want to talk about with movies, too. I want to talk about my new drink of choice. That me and Giannis Pappas love now. Giannis Pappas, my buddy uh, who's in Miami now, uh, came down and we hung out over at the stand. Had a great time. So we've got, got some other stuff to talk about. Um, oh, my God. I could have done four unacceptables this week. I was in a fucking diner and they got the eggs wrong. They got the, they got the over medium wrong. I mean, it was, how do you fuck up? I mean, you're a di- like, how, what's the problem? You flip the egg like you could time it. It's, it's over medium. It, it, anyway, that's a whole other thing. So this woman in Target should have stopped and said, go ahead. Like today, I was at Nissan with my daughter to to get an assessment on a tire, which is a nightmare that we have to go through right now. And there was a woman there, and she was alone. And 
My daughter was running around, not being loud, but loud enough at 9 o'clock in the morning where you could be like, ah, you know, but she wasn't screaming. She was never screaming or anything like that. She was just kind of running around. You heard her little sandals hitting the floor, and she was like trying to run into the cars in the showroom and sitting there. And this woman was just like, she is so cute. Hi, talking, just nice, not annoyed, not anything like that. My daughter wasn't doing anything bad. And you would think that... This woman in Target sees a dad with his two kids and just wants to turn and just stops and like just gives a look and goes. It was so ridiculous. You know, I don't know. Maybe she had a miscarriage. I don't fucking know. But either way, she sucks. Fuck her and her and her cheap shoes that she was buying. She was definitely going to the clothing department or wherever she was going. Fuck her. Unacceptable. You see somebody with kids, you let them go, period. Okay, what is she going to do? Cut off an 85-year-old woman because the 85-year-old woman's in front of her? I mean, it's ridiculous. You let the people go. Or just go to another. That's the beauty of stores like that. There's a lot of aisles. Go, go around. Go to the next lane. You don't have to like kind of just... I, and I walked right up to my wife. Oh, my wife knew. Oh, my wife Stacy knows when I'm not happy. Oh, boy, she knows. I walked right up and she was starting to say some shit that, that uh, you know, about the... Store. I forgot what we were there to get. We were there to get, um, it was just like candy and shit. Easter, oh, that's what it was. My what we were going to Target to their candy aisle to get a bunch of like jelly beans and stuff like that for Easter. And I was taking my son to over to see the toys or whatever. That's what it was. So we tried to go, and I was like, Oh, we'll go see mommy. And I tried to, you know, get into the lane, and the lady cut off. And I walked right up to my wife, and, I, and she starts telling me something. I go, No, this bitch just cut me off. And she just kind of smirked because my wife knows that I, I get like. And you guys listen to me. I'm an easygoing dude, man. I'm an easygoing, fun-loving dude. Bill Burr said, he goes, dude, I spent 20 days with you every day eating. He goes, I never, we never, it was like, like, I'm an easygoing dude. There's never a problem. I'm, I'm fucking, you know, do the right thing. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm just, you know, you got to fucking know what's right. You got to get it. And this woman just didn't get it. Unacceptable. See, see somebody with two kids. I will make a pledge and a vow right now. And this is why I got so mad about that podcast with that Pinkberry shit. Because that Pinkberry, that got me too. I can't stand people who think they are better and, 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 and selfishness. And I, you know what? I've had selfish people in my life. I've had selfish people growing up. I've had selfish family members. And so the selfishness, and everybody's a little selfish to a certain, you know, extent I get that but when it just comes across like that in that way I can't handle it you know so those are the unacceptables for the week I will let the eggs at the diner go maybe a guy I don't know but it, they, it was all over the place you know first of all I asked for two eggs over medium three eggs came out I'm not going to complain about that but like one was like runny one was overcooked and one was like almost medium it was it was all over the place it was a, it was a trifecta of wrong and and it's like you're a diner get it right but i'll let that go i'll let that go you know maybe maybe the chef was dating that fucking bitch in target and he's just like why am i i can't even fucking believe this bitch and then the fuck the eggs up see there you go i put it together done all right everybody here's the tire issue Friday night, my manager flies in from Los Angeles, and he lives uh, he lives 
uh, over in the Bronx, and he flies in from Los Angeles. He was with another one of the uh, another uh, one of his clients, and he says, "Paul, I'm coming in from the airport. Are you?" you? I said, "Yeah." I'm gonna say, "I'm gonna be at the stand, though. I'm at the stand on the um, eight o'clock and on the ten o'clock. I'm probably not gonna be out of there and paid until about midnight." So he says, "All right." I said, "I'll take a car over to the stand. Do you mind taking me home?" So Giannis Pappas is in town. That's my boy. So we, we got to have a couple of uh, laughs and, and hang out and talk and get some dinner, maybe grab a drink. You know, um, not going to see Giannis for a while because he's going back to Miami and he's a good friend of mine. Uh, there's a couple of other people. This was, uh, you know, just a cool night or whatever. And my manager just goes, hey, I'm, I'm coming out. So I, I gotta, I'm ready to order a meal and I just got a drink. And my manager goes, oh, I'm coming now. And I'm going, shit, dude, you didn't tell me what time you're going to. You said, like, you were going to call me. So I got to leave this fun time I'm having at the stand to go meet my manager. And we go, and that's when we went over to the diner that screwed up the eggs. And Giannis was about to go on stage. So we're like, all right, Giannis, you meet us over. It's two blocks down. Go down. So so Giannis comes down. His friend is with him. Uh, it's me. Now, now both of my managers, uh, David Kimowitz and Chris Italia, um, so we're all sitting there. My buddy Chris Lamberth comes by. Chris, you guys know Chris from the podcast. Chris is a buddy of mine, and uh, he's been on the show a couple times. Uh, by the way, check out Chris Lamberth's podcast, um, Mondain Festival. Uh, it's a really funny podcast, gaining a lot of momentum, really funny, so check that out. Uh, obviously not when the Verzi Effect comes out. You listen to mine first, and then you listen to that fucking dudes, all right? But uh, I'm just kidding. I know Chris is sitting, sitting, sitting down right now. I'm going to call him up, put on work voice. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> hey, what's going on, dude? No, nothing. Hold on a second. I got to just walk out to the freeway so I can talk to you. <laughs> I, love, I love work voice. It's one of my favorite things. So we're all sitting down and, and you know, Giannis comes in and we're, we're sitting there. We're having a good time and then we have to leave and it's really late. I live an hour away and it's like three in the morning, so... We say bye, me and my manager get into the car, and, uh, oh, I say to him, I was like, hey, man, you want to, he's like, yeah, I'll drive, I know, quicker way from here to the Bronx than you, and blah, 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 and I'm tired, so I'm like, whatever, I'll sit in the passenger seat of my car, so we get in the car, and my manager kind of starts, like, going up and down roads, kind of fast, but, like, you know, whatever, he's just, he's kind of driving stupid, but then he makes one turn, and he just goes down a street, and he starts to hit the gas, and then boom. And when I tell you I hit, he hit. We hit the biggest pothole ever. We dropped Chris Lamberth off three blocks away. I tried to call you, Chris, if you're listening to this, because I know Chris is listening to this. I called you like 10 minutes after because we were going to have you help. It's probably better you didn't answer the phone for your sake. So we dropped Chris off at 15th Street. We turned down 19th, but before we turned down 19th, Boom, and it was the loudest. I mean, you felt the damage to the car. You felt, I mean, the whole undercarriage. You felt metal hitting concrete, and there was no way the tire wasn't blown out. So I said, I go, well, I guess we'll know in about 15 minutes if this thing, and he goes, no, it's actually pulling right now. And we had to pull all the way over, and I get out of the car to look at the, you know, obviously it's the passenger, you know, the front passenger side, and you just heard the tire, and I'm going, fuck. And the rim is a little bent, and the car just goes down. 
So now it's about 3.30 in the morning. We're in my trunk. We're getting the spare out. We're getting the jack out. We call up Patrick Milligan, the booker of the stand. He was there. He held my phone as a flashlight was the extent of his work. He even laughed about it. But it actually did help. So we end up taking about 30 minutes. We change this tire. And I get home at 5 o'clock in the morning. I go to Nissan today with my daughter, like I told you. And we find out that the rim is bent. The tire's done. They want uh, $783 for or 780 something dollars for the rim because the rim is done cracked bent and i need a new tire which is about 280 dollars or something everything ended up like before taxes was 1100 and something dollars that's how my morning started and i laughed it i laughed it off i was just like what the fuck you know what am i gonna do i'll try to figure it out i'm looking for a new car anyway right now i've been going to some places and uh you know i'm gonna try to see if i could go to another tire place or uh, another see if i could get that that nissan rim for less but whatever it is what it is and no i know some of you people think oh your manager should pay for it. your manager no there's a pothole in the city because of this winter I mean, maybe he was driving a little fast, but I'm not going to. That's not, it's it's just an unfortunate thing, you know. Um, I did call him up and say, dude, you better book me for some shit because, uh, you know. But um, that that's what happened with the tire that night. So Chris Lambert is uh, lucky he got dropped off a few blocks and then didn't answer his phone because that really did suck. It sucked. I'll tell you this, though. There's something really cool about um, changing a tire. There's something like you feel like a man, like you accomplish something. You know, you're jacking up the car, you're you know, you're loosening the bolts, and I learned how to do it, you know. If you don't know how to do it, I'll tell you guys now. Maybe this will be a little insightful for you, but what you do with the um what you do with to change a tire is I didn't realize you have to loosen the bolts first before you lift the car. You gotta loosen the bits. I mean loosen the the, the, the bolts. So you loosen them up. You don't take them off, just loosen them. Then there's a little groove about a foot behind the thing where you put the jack and you jack it up. And then when you jack it up, then you take it out. Then you take it out and do that. Um, Then you take the, obviously you take the tire off with the bolts. And then one of them is a key bolt that's in the glove compartment. So you're thinking you got it. And then there's one that like you think is stripped, but there's like an actual key. There's like an engraved thing that the key that's in the glove compartment will get that bolt. So it's almost like one security bolt on the thing. And then you loosen that up with the key. And then now all of them are, are, are it's lifted, all of them are out. You pull the, the, the wheel off. You throw that back in the trunk. You take the spare. And then you do the whole thing again and then put it down. It was actually pretty cool. I felt kind of good other than the fact that it was 4 o'clock in the morning and I lived an hour away. So I uh, got home at 5 o'clock in the morning. And then I heard my family wake up at 6.30. And it was a nightmare. <laughs> so... <laughs> It was a nightmare. I don't know what else to tell you. It was definitely, it was just a, an unbelievable night. It was a night that a big time celebrity told me nice things and, and, and saw me work. And it, that, that night happened. And then my buddy Giannis was in town. We had a couple of laughs and some drinks and uh, we went to a diner. And then my tire got blown out and I changed the tire. I got home at five. It was just um, an insane weekend. So where are we now? Speaking of drinks, 
This is a drink that I really like. I know we're an hour in, guys. This is going to overtime, so I hope you uh, don't mind. I won't keep you here too long. I hope you enjoyed this one. I can't tell if this one is a really, really good one or not. Um, but I'm having fun. So here we go. Moscow Mule is my drink. For you people that don't know Moscow Mule, Moscow Mule is ginger beer, vodka, and a little lime. Uh, we love it. thing is, if you order a Moscow Mule, and I'm just giving you a tip. If you order a Moscow Mule from a bar and it doesn't come in a copper mug, like a frosty, cold copper mug, then it's not made right. Some people still swear by it in a glass. No. The proper way is it's almost in, it, it's it's like in an ice, ice cold copper mug because that does something with the ginger beer and the and the vodka together. It's It's insane. So you pour some ginger beer in there and vodka, and then they just put a little twist of lime in it. And if it's made right, it's not only it's not only gets you a nice buzz, but because they creep up on you. But it's refreshing. It settles your stomach because of the ginger. It's like an awesome summer nighttime. It's just a great, great drink. I forgot the name of the place in Cleveland, but the name of the place the, the place in Cleveland right next to. If you're if you're on Fourth Street in Cleveland and you're at Hilarity's Comedy Club, just ask the people where the really nice bar right next door is, and it's like two or three doors down, and you just go down these stairs, and it's like this swanky, douchey, almost like a high society type of fucking place, but they have the best Moscow mules I've ever had. Speaking of Giannis, me and Giannis got you know did, did uh, got them there, and they were awesome. Giannis, if you remember Giannis, Giannis was on my podcast. We were there together, and we did a podcast. But the, the Moscow Mules, you got to get one of them. They're delicious. Got to be in a copper mug, though. I'm not going to go as far as to say it's unacceptable if it's not, because a lot of bars don't invest in them, but the good ones do. Moscow Mule, look it up online. It's epic. Epic drink. All right, we got a couple more things to go through here. We got some sports. Sports NBA playoffs started. I just saw an unbelievable game tonight. The Memphis Grizzlies were winning. Oklahoma City came back to tie it in regulation. Then Memphis was winning again. Then Oklahoma City came back to tie it. And in the end, Memphis ended up winning it. But it was an awesome basketball game. It was great. I love the NBA playoffs. Uh, I'm obviously. Not that disappointed that the Knicks aren't in it because that's my expectations. Speaking of the Knicks, Phil Jackson, the new president of the Knicks or vice president of operations, whatever his title is, just fired the entire coaching staff of the Knicks. Said it's time for a change, so you know he's going to bring in his guys. We'll see what happens. I think he's going to really talk to Carmelo and try to see if Carmelo stays. I'd love for them to try to get a LeBron James. I don't think that's going to happen. But, I mean, the Woodson firing had to happen. But NBA playoffs every night are awesome. They're just, you know, they're on almost, I think it's like, what, are they, what was it, 40 games at 49? I mean, every night you just get to see the best and, and they're playing for real because now it counts and matters because the NBA, the NBA season is so long and, and just over, out, just, just way too long. I mean, an NBA season needs to be, I think they need to cut 20 games out, 22 games out, and make it a 60-game season instead of an 82-game season. If it's a 60-game season, it's much better. Um, and I also think that only six teams 
in each thing should make it. So instead of uh, 16 teams, I think only 12 teams should make the playoffs. I think there should be 60 games. I think that makes it way more exciting. I think it's way better. And you don't have to watch all this bad basketball and teams that aren't even 500 get into the playoffs and you know they're going to get knocked out in the first round. It's stupid, you know? I mean, there's a better chance. Seriously, there's a better chance of a meteor hitting my house right now and hitting me in the fucking ass than the the Charlotte Bobcats beating the Miami Heat in the first round. I mean, there's a better chance of that. I always say there's a better the Pope delivering a pepperoni pizza to my house right now than 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 Michael Jordan's uh, Charlotte Bobcats beating the the Heat. The Charlotte Bobcats shouldn't be in the playoffs. Is the point? They suck. So it's just I'll I mean I'll watch it, but it's it's just it's like you know it's just like the varsity team playing the JV. It's just like it's almost just like protocol. It's just like oh no, you got to do it. Just do it. It's kind of. Let's just get through this and, you know, we'll watch LeBron dunk on these fucking dudes and, and you know, they'll win that. And It's just, there shouldn't be in the thing. Uh, six teams in each, West East, six each, so it's 12 teams total. And then you get 60 games in a regular season and, and you just cut it a month short or, or whatever it is. I'm, I'm sorry, you cut it, yeah, you cut it about a month and a half short the season and then you make the playoffs less teams. So that doesn't go, it's, it's just way better. But I don't think the Heat are going to win it. I I mean, I think they can, but I I don't think this year they're going to. I think Oklahoma City or San Antonio are going to do it uh, now. I my pick was the Pacers. Um, I obviously want to be right and have the Pacers turn it around. But something happened. Something happened to the Pacers. I don't know what it is, but I mean, the Pacers went from a team that looked like they were going to lose eleven games all year. And then now it doesn't look like they could win. It's just something is really strange and weird. I don't know what happened with that team. Um, so do I think the Pacers are going to win it anymore? No, I'll stick with it. I'd love to see it. Maybe they turn around and I could be like, oh, I told you I knew it. Something's wrong with that team. But I am psyched that the NBA playoffs are here. Uh, Yankees, i kind of been paying a little bit of attention, but I've been so busy. I'm off the next couple of nights with my family, which is fantastic. Taking my wife to dinner Tomorrow, I have not sat down in a restaurant with my wife in months just because of how busy I've been and traveling everywhere. I cannot wait to do that. We're going to this unbelievable, unbelievable one of my be- one of the best dining experiences I had. We're going to this restaurant tomorrow night in uh, Northern Westchester. I'm so excited about it, um, and maybe I'll catch a couple of games at night. I got some writing projects going on. I got a bunch of shit going on, but. Um, you know it's gonna it's awesome. I was playing with my kids today, running around the backyard, bubbles, and my, my son and my daughter. It was awesome. You know, just I love telling my son I'm not working because when I tell my son I'm not working, he gets really excited. And um, you know, we play together. I'm gonna take him to see a movie too this week, and then um, and that's it. I'll get into the plugs in a second. Real quick, I just wanted to talk movies. Because I am going to backpedal a little bit on a couple of movies. And I, I have to because I like to be as honest and real on this thing. And I've, I've, I have heavy opinions with movies that I've seen. And I want to say that um, Wolf of Wall Street wasn't as good as I initially thought. It was good, but a lot of yelling and bullshit. I, I mentioned that before. I just, I just, no, I, I saw that. But here's another one for you. It was good. Don't get me wrong. Let me say that. Wolf of Wall Street was good and entertaining the whole way. 
I mean, I watched it. It entertained me. It was good. But not as not a great movie. It's not a great movie. It's a good movie. It's an entertaining movie, but it's not great. Um, and a movie that I kind of shit on, but not really. But then, I don't know, that I liked or didn't like was Django Unchained. And I'm going to go on the record of saying not as bad as I thought. Because now... Even though I knew it was a spaghetti western and a little weird and out of it and stuff, um, just now watching, the, just the, the acting was so good. The acting was so superb in that movie that like it made me easier to go. Just go with the nonsense. Go with the rap music during the thing. Go with the fade, you know, on his hair, the perfect edge up. Go with that because that's what that's what the, you know he's doing. Go with the extra blood and all that. So. So I guess here's what here's what I'll say on this week's episode 156 with me, your host, Paul Verzi, Verzi Effect Podcast. I will say that Wolf of Wall Street, not as good as I thought. Django Unchained, not as bad as I thought. Okay, and I know some of you people listening going, is he out of his mind? Yes, I take movies seriously. Unfortunately, I haven't had too much time to go to them. But that's what I'll say. Because I was watching Django the other night. And I was just laying there. It was late. And I'm watching it. And I'm going. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio's performance when he finds out that they just wanted uh, him to get his wife back or whatever. His acting. That was like, that was ridiculous, man. We had a great conversation at the diner the other night. I said, if you're a director. Here, get at me on this, okay? Definitely um, go to my Twitter or my Facebook and, and tell me what you think about this one. If you're a director right now and you have free reign of any lead male lead who do you take? I think I think right now with Philip Seymour Hoffman out of the picture God rest his soul I think right now um it would be between Christian Bale and DiCaprio but um I don't know. I said I thought Christian Bale was more versatile. I, th- I think Christian Bale's got more range. I think Christian Bale can do more. I really do, and I know a lot of people disagree with that. I think Christian Bale can do more than DiCaprio. And DiCaprio's awesome. DiCaprio's amazing. So I don't want to. I'm not trying to disrespect Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio is a great, great, great actor. Okay, top notch. You know. Just absolutely tier one, top tier, all that stuff, actor. But I'm, I'm just saying, if you had to go best of the best, I like, I think Bale. You know, Christian Bale's a beast, man. I think Christian Bale is still just scratching the surface of what he's going to do. I think Christian Bale is an insane actor. I may take, if I'm a director right now and someone says, you got him, you got the budget for him, both are interested or whoever, all of them are interested, you could pick who you want, you know. How about this for a cast? I'd go Christian Bale, Gary Oldman, and then throw in like a like a like a tier two. You know, you go Christian Bale and Gary Oldman as like the top like two like the you know one and two in the movie, and then like you go somebody like for a tier two, you know maybe like a who would be good with them trying to think of a good cast with those two 
Like, like what about like Gary Oldman being like the head head of like a of of a law enforcement agency, whether it be the FBI or the CIA, and Christian Bale just being a guy that they're trying to get because he's just fucking ruthless. Tell me you don't want to see that movie. Like, you know, almost like where Gary Oldman would play like a Tommy Lee Jones in in, um, The Fugitive. But like instead of it being like, like just like, instead of it being like an innocent, you know, Harrison Ford was innocent as the killer. It would be Christian Bale who actually is a murderer, admittedly, like he kills people. He's a bad, bad dude who's got a lot of dialogue in the movie, he's bad, he's like manipulating, he's sick, all that stuff. And then and then you got and then you got Gary Oldman and his team trying to get it. and then maybe somebody on his team is like a tier two, you know, like a Wahlberg or like um you know, trying to think of another tier two. Who are the tier twos? Like a Casey Affleck. They were trying to say Casey Affleck is up there with like some of the best. I mean, Casey Affleck's a good actor. Casey Affleck's tier two. You know, Casey Affleck and Ben Affleck are both tier two, I think. And that's still ridiculously good. I mean, they're good actors, but, you know. I'll tell you another good actor. He's not in enough shit, but Johnny Depp's a beast. Johnny Depp is a beast. He could do weird, crazy, funny, gangster. I mean, he's he's another great actor. I'd love to see him in more stuff. I want to see Depp in another in another like kind of dark role. Oh, I got it. Here's a movie for you. Ready? Benicio del Toro, Gary Oldman, led by Christian Bale. Tell me that movie's not. Tell me that movie's that movie has to be made. I'm gonna write that shit. Right after I, you know, work on my comedy career for another fucking few decades. But I'm going to work on that. It'll be a great movie. That's what we were talking about. Now, at this point, I'm just shooting the shit with you guys. So I'm going to wrap it up and get to the plugs. We're an hour, almost an hour and 15 minutes in. Hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Uh, I appreciate all the listeners. And let's do some plugs. Here we go. This weekend. Oh, the band's getting back together. This weekend, the one and only William Burr, Bill Burr, will be coming to town. And he will be, uh, he asked me to open for him um, in Vermont, Portland, Maine, and um, Albany. That's right. If you're in New York, I will be in Albany opening for Bill Burr this weekend. Come out to the shows. It's going to be a great time. Last time me and Bill were together was Largo, right after Canada. Uh, to kick off the all-in tour with me, uh, Lloyd and Bartnick, and it was a great time. Then Bill went away to Europe for 17 days, and he's back, and we are going to be having a great time. Vermont, Portland, Maine, and um, Albany, New York. So if you're at those shows, and then uh, after that, check out the, uh, the the website. The website's got all updated stuff www.paulverzi.com. Please check out those dates. Uh, on there follow me on twitter at paul verzi v-i-r-z-i if you don't know how to spell my last name by three years of doing this podcast you're not a real fan i think i I mentioned this i saw somebody spell it with an a once and i was just like what um 
All right, everybody, that's the podcast. We're an hour and 15 minutes in. I hope you enjoyed it. I will have another one for you in a week. We are back to our schedule here. Um, and that's it. So check everything out again. Thank you for the plugs, uh, for the, um, you know, for the comments and, and the kind words and tell a friend about the show. We're going to keep going and, uh, that's it. So until next week, I am out of here. Take care, everybody. Have a great week and I will talk to you soon.